0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Field of 68's Best Bets Show, presented by Bet Rivers and by Underdog Fantasy. Get 100% off your first deposit match, up to $100, by using the code FIELD. We are the three man weave. I am Kai. We got Matt. We got Jim. We're talking Final Four, boys. We got two games, two enticing matchups. Hey, not the Final Four I would choose, but it's the Final Four we get. So we're going to spin it around we're gonna put a bow on it and we're gonna accept it jim
1: and we're gonna talk Kai? about
0: good you- teams uh the the top i would choose top 10 teams because as it stands we have one top 10 team in the final four right now not saying fau couldn't get there they're fringe sdus is a fringe top 10 team as well but
1: for my preference i prefer better teams jim sorry yeah that's fair i, I wish there was at least more parity. Uh, yeah. I almost wish, I almost wish if it, like not having UConn, give me another five seed there where it's like coin flips, and I don't know who's going to win right now. Mm-hmm. Heavy favorite. I don't like an odds-on favorite when we've got two games left to play. Yeah. Hi, Matt. You're back in Chicago. Hi, What's Kai. It?
2: I am uh, with my newly revamped background decor. Hoot, hoot. Boca stand up. The Beach Boys. The Pitbulls and Rottweilers.
1: Wait, did the you Boca just Bays. throw away the Hawaii one?
2: Uh, just a quick temporary over-the-top gem. So it's kind of a theme where I have my two quasi-fan bases here and then my two pet teams here. The Valley, I had to rep hard with George Ivory this year, and I had a kind of a paradise theme with this third column. So FAU just slots in real nicely right there. It all works out. Man. Very serendipitous, guy. It looks great, and we love the FAU, owls,
0: as you guys will see very shortly. Heck, let's just get into it. Let's start off. The first game of the Final Four, the undercard, if you will, is San Diego State and Florida Atlantic, who are both making their program debuts in the Final Four. How exciting. One of these teams will be playing for a national title. The line right now at Bet Rivers is San Diego State minus one and a half. It is not two at Bet Rivers, unfortunately. Uh, Jim, two, el- two, it's two elsewhere in the market right now. Both these lines really haven't, you know, I, I was about to say they haven't really moved in the market, but I'm seeing just a little bit of move on Miami UConn, a little bit of move on FE San Diego State, mostly stand Pat, total 131 and a half. It's going to be a war. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, feels like an under because San Diego State just lives for unders and no one makes threes against them. 17% in the tournament, a ridiculous five of 44 in the last two games. It just doesn't even make sense. It boggles the mind. I don't care if they're. Being bear hugged as they shoot, they should be better than five of 44. So it's spare me the like the defense is so incredible. Yes, it is. But it shouldn't be five of 44. It should be yeah. like 10 of 44 is even incredible defense. So I'm not like fully buying the San Diego State defense is going to continue to hold teams to that level of shooting. FAU finally had a a shooting game over 30% last game from deep. That's important. You need to be able to stretch out this defense. If San Diego state can just pack it in on you, like they've been able to do a little bit, you're probably not going to score. They're long, they're physical. They've got a true shot blocker and Mensa at the back line of the defense. It's a really, really tough team to score on. If you cannot spread them out, thankfully Matt FAU's got guards to do that. They rotate seven of them at four positions, all of whom can shoot, create pass to others And then they've got that two-headed monster at center that I think gives them at least some upside on the glass. Maybe not winning the rebound battle against San Diego State, but they've got some upside there. I definitely lean FAU, man. Uh, I just think this team is riding the wave right now. They've got sort of the right makeup to combat this SDSU team, provided they don't shoot frigid from beyond the arc. I see the uh, football stadium note from Pat Taylor in the chat not buying it. I don't think there's historical data to actually back that up in recent years. I think it's very anecdotal and feels really severe when it happens, like that Butler-Yukon title game from, what was it, 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still lean towards the under mat, not specifically because of the shooting, more because of the pace, more because I think FAU has been a pace taker all year. They'll play sub-60 if you want, they'll play right. mid-70s if you want, and I think we get another slow game here.
2: Yeah, it's because they can. I, everyone always clings to the which team controls the tempo. Oh, this team's gonna slow it down and thus it favors them, it's easier to slow its team down. Like all that nonsense, I think FAU just immune to that. They just play a million different ways because they can, because they're versatile, because they're deep. To make the point you brought up very, you know, nothing groundbreaking or earth shattering here. Uh, but I, I think the FAU guards are just just deeper. I, I trust them more. Um even though there's more star power if you want to throw Matt Bradley in that camp. Obviously that star has been uh tarnished by his recent play but we all agree he's kind of you know he has that cachet i still think fau's backcourt and wing corpse are um i give a net edge there i, I really do i think that matters Not corpse. Not corpse? corpse what'd i say you
1: corpse. Said corpse we're talking core corpse core, <laughs> yeah, sorry
2: core the piece. core the guard <laughs> core is what i meant to say um they're just better they're deeper and I, I still think people underestimate how good Brian Greenlee is, how good Nick Boyd is. I think Elijah Martin's kind of had his coming out party. Nellie Davis certainly has golden to some degrees because he kind of sticks out like a sore thumb next to those guards. But I think every round we go, we're learning about one or two more guys I'm like, wow, this FIU guy is really good. I think Boyd and Greenlee are due for a big game here. Um, I know Trammell and Butler really dictated some of the pressure that the Aztecs put on creating last game. I don't think that bothers FAU at all. Um, you know, they've seen kind of a frenetic style of defense. They played FDU. They beat a physical, long, suffocating defense in Tennessee, uh, Kansas State. There's some different stuff at them. They had to corral a legit star. I mean, they've kind of been tested all along the way. They've been in close games. I don't know if they can get offensive rebounds at the rate they did against Tennessee against San Diego State, which is kind of what, you know, helped them to stay in that game despite a frigid shooting performance. Like Jim said, I think they are going to have to make, you know, somewhere in the low 30s percentage-wise from three, how many they take. I don't really know. Um, but just on a per-possession basis, I think they're going to have to make you know closer to their season average to feel really confident about this. It's going to be tougher to really beat the Aztecs at their true game as versatile and as fungible as FAU is with their styles.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I think FAU can beat them at their game because they already played three teams that are kind of... Physically, like San Diego State, with Kansas State, with Memphis, and especially with Tennessee, I think that's the best comp for them. The kind of Sa- a Tennessee light is San Diego State. So you proved you can go to war with really physical, really athletic teams, teams that should dwarf you in both those categories. And guess what? FAU grabbed like forty percent of their offensive rebounds against all those teams. They are tough as nails. They are super deep. We've talked about several times how deep they are. Play nine guys over ten minutes per game um that's tough to prepare for even with this time and like the last four or five days still tough to prepare for a team like fau just so many weapons i i have to think the san diego state defense that the shot select excuse me the, the there has to be shot regression coming for that three point percentage defense jim mentioned it yes it is very good it's been good for years under brian dutcher at san diego state it is not 17 percent from the line good though I, I do think there's some there's some regression due. Hey, you can say the balls are in, too inflated, and that's causing it as well. Maybe. I'm not sure I buy that narrative either, though. Um, we talked about San Diego State shot selection. They love shooting in the mid-range. That's kind of where FAU forces you. It's really hard to score in the, in, in the inside near the rim. It's hard to score at the three-point line against FAU. So maybe that uh, plays into San Diego State's hand a little bit, Jim. But I, I, I tend to think, though, it's tough to win consistently just shooting mid-range jumpers. And we know how San Diego State's offense can stagnate. My best bet's FAU. I
2: right, we're gonna get plus one and a half here, Matthew. I think your best bet is that as well. But
0: that's where I'm going with.
2: Yeah, I'd like to get two, but doesn't matter. I think I'd just take money lines, probably the better bet here. But given we're trying to stick to a yep. uh, a minus one ten uh tracking system here in our best bets. I'll just take the one and a half. And I'm with you. Let's double sure. it up.
0: Hoot hoot. Hoot hoot, indeed pretty hot take and and do you guys ever get tired of trying to prove you want an argument that your takes weren't hot enough that they were right i got an answer for your problems vaulted V L T E D, is a new sports prediction app that turns your opinions into facts you can store all of your predictions your hot takes in your own vault now and forever challenge your friends keep track of your results and prove you are in fact the smartest guy in the room vaulted will also be releasing more than 50 pools over the next three months so, download the app at the link below the YouTube channel here. Sign up for your three month trial and store your predictions now and forever. That's Vaulted, V L T E D. All right, game number two. Here we go Miami, Yukon, the primetime game, Matthew. Yukon, down to minus five at Bet Rivers with some juice, minus 114. Five and a half everywhere else in the market. And again, has not really moved from that five and a half. The total. 149 at Bet Rivers. 149 and a half is where you're gonna find it mostly in the market. What are your thoughts on this game?
2: Uh, I think the over is where I lean, and I think the money coming in on Miami doesn't like there's a ton, but there is some resistance just based on everyone who you hear talking about this game, I think has crowned UConn the champion already. Um so to see basically no movement going farther than five and a half after I said like two days ago, I, was like, I think this number closes closer to six and a half, seven. It's just money kind of pours in over time, both public and sharp, but that hasn't been the case. So clearly there's some respected uh, opinions for Miami, and I guess there's pretty good evidence to suggest that they should be respected. The specific angle I like here, though, Jim, is UConn first half. It was going to be my best bet, but I couldn't abandon my owls, and I still don't all the way trust um, UConn, even though they've given us every reason to trust them, Miami's outscored every team they've played so far in the tournament by, uh, I think, an average of 10 points per game in the second half. They've been a second half monster. I think part of that is due to the way they've pressured teams, they've caught them off guard. While their defense can be very vanilla and very easy to beat uh, in its base structure, as evidenced by a 104th overall defensive ranking in Ken Palm, um, when they kind of turn that switch, And I think that's where they actually cause some havoc and that's where their offense gets going too. because transition is where they are absolutely lethal. Is UConn susceptible to any of these concerns though, the way they're playing, the way they've proven they can handle those types of wrinkles and strong coaches in this ride to the final four, man, I think you're really grasping for straws and you're trying to uh, confidently bet Miami here, I guess. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the over here, Matthew. Um, I, I think both teams are going to score very efficiently. You mentioned Miami's defense. It's really bad. Even in this run, it's still outside the top 100. Do you expect teams to really improve their advanced analytical rankings as they beat teams on a neutral site? They've given up more than one point per possession in three straight games. Uh, It's not been pretty for their defense. Only Drake was somebody they were were able to hold below that mark, and it kind of was lucky to get there. I don't know. They, They held them really, really scoreless for like the final five minutes. I think no field goals. I'm going with the over. I think UConn scores at will. In the post, on the perimeter, uh, Miami surrenders a lot of assists. They have a really low defensive assist rate, 262nd in the country. UConn really moves the ball well. We saw Sonogo beat a bunch of post traps in the first half Mm -hmm. against Gonzaga. He had five assists. I think it was his career high. Ended up with six in that game. Uh, Jackson's been a monster. Seven assists, at least, in all four tournament games. Ten last time out against Gonzaga. I really like that as an over in terms of tournament props. Uh, I just think there's going to be tempo points. He's clearly got the pedigree for it. Uh, plenty of options to pass to. And like I said, Miami's defense allows you to pass. They'll help if they need to. So yeah, I like that. I like the over Think There's a ton of points. And then from a side, Kai, I just think UConn's rolling, man. They're by closing line. They're 14, and one against the spread against non-conference competition. Hmm. Technically 15-0 if you got a decent number. I think it was Buffalo was the one they pushed Bar- on. Uh, it's absolutely absurd. They, they are smashing everybody if they're not in the Big East. They had the little lull where teams were helping off Vondre of Jackson. They didn't know what to do. Hurley's been very frank, saying, I was all over the refs for that stretch, and I didn't know what to do with Jackson. But we figured that out. We solved it. I believe him. Look what's happening. Uh, they're just destroying good teams. They just destroyed a great offense in Gonzaga. I think they can do it again here, Kyle. I like UConn on the side, but my best bet is over one forty-nine and a half.
0: Yes, sir. And at Rivers, the line just moved back to five and a half. So somebody was waiting on that UConn minus five to pounce. It's right back to five and a half there. Yeah, UConn has won by an average of twenty points per game in this tournament. Not since Villanova of, of um, was a twenty eighteen have have I seen as much dominance.
1: I, I think from a yes, Jim. Gonzaga 2021, I think,
0: smashed okay. everybody. Okay, uh, Gonzaga as well. And Baylor probably did too. I think Matt and I actually talked about this on the serious show. But it reminds me of those teams where it's like, all right, they are, yeah, they're favorites, of course, but they're smashing teams. They're covering really easily, and it's not really close. And this is the exact team we saw in November um, in Portland. We, we thought they'd get back to this level. Little caveats here. I think Jim Laranega is a better coach than Dan Hurley. No offense to Dan Hurley, but Larinaga is... Quite the coach, and I I, look. I I think Miami was fortunate to come back and beat Texas after they had a three percent chance of winning per Ken Palm. I think they were fortunate to come back against Drake when they had an eight percent chance of winning when they were down in the second half. But there is some credence given to Laronega and his in-game adjustments, his ability to coach his team through that. Miami's guards are awesome, of course, best backcourt left in, in the tournament. Always gives you a tough, or excuse me, a chance to win. I just think if they're not hitting shots it's going to be hard to score on UConn. They're really good on the perimeter. They force you off the line, and they're really good inside as well. So if Miami's missing tough shots, which they can do, it's going to be hard to win. Also, if Omir, if he gets in foul trouble, Over. it's also going to be hard to win. Yeah. Yeah. Timmy got in foul trouble against UConn, and and Gonzaga got crushed. If Omir gets yeah. in foul trouble, it's bad news for Miami.
1: Okay, I saw some people being like, well, Timmy played 32 minutes. It wasn't the same. Like He right. left for four minutes and it immediately it was like a 15-0 run. He came back and played like the final 12 and it was already out of hand. There's also an emotional aspect to like, oh, our guy's got four fouls yeah. that, that I don't think you can quantify in just minute counts. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think if Omir goes out, what do they do? It's, yeah. I don't see Lawrence holding up against Sunoga. But I'm going to give Omir credit. I'm done doubting the guy.
0: The guy is very good. He, he can hold his own. I'm going to say he can hold his own against UConn's picks, but... If he's in foul trouble, they're done. Um, I'm actually going to bet on Miami plus five and a half, guys. That's mainly a future hedge for me for, with UConn. Also, I just kind of want to have some money on them because this team has kind of had a horseshoe up its butt for the last couple of games, and I don't really want to get burned by them again, frankly. Um, I've bet against them too many times this tournament. That's the way I'm going with. Final thoughts from either
2: of you on Miami-UConn? We'll get to best bets here soon. Recap. Just closing, I was looking at the historical scoring uh, over under final four at NRG stadium the last two times. So 2011 and 2016, uh, I don't put a ton of stock in this by the way, but I think some people out there uh, are mentioning this because 2011 was the Butler versus a Yukon disastrous um, championship game. That was one of the ugliest games of all time, but that actually went uh, two and one to the over both games. I think that on final four went over and then one and two to the over in 2016. So basically about three and three, even split um and four of the six ended up within like two or three points of the march so the lines are sharp there's no edge really to the unders in these stadiums uh and i think while six games is a small sample i think you can basically feel um you know make make the handicap agnostic of the stadium i guess is what i'd say 2011 from a ken pom rating
0: perspective and from a seating perspective the worst final four this one the second worst how fun both in houston can't wait to do it Miami UConn just touched six for a second and bet rivers back down to five and a half. We're getting a little people bit of movement are, out there in the market.
1: Playing. Yeah. yeah the the, the limits one. opening on a Wednesday. Is that <laughs> what's happening?
0: I don't know. Before we get to best bets, today's episode is brought to you by underdog fantasy. The easiest place to play college basketball, pick them where you can win real cash prizes simply by picking player stats in the weekend's games, pick them. All you do is pick whether a player would go higher or lower on underdogs, projected totals. That's points, rebounds, assists, whatever if you're like me and you think Jaden ledee has a pretty good chance at having a good rebounding game against fau against their four man go ahead pick his higher his higher rebound prop and uh hope you win cash out man you can win 20 times your money on a single game by doing their player props here underdog slick mobile app is easy enough to (laughs) is easy enough to download and use even dummies like jeff goodman can figure it out so go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app and use the code FIELD, that's F-I-E-L-D, to get 100% deposit match up to $100 Underdog Fantasy. Best bet time. Remind the folks at home. Matthew, you can go first. F-A-U plus one
2: and
0: a half. Uh, no also, sense? taking FAU plus one and a half. Yeah, money line probably the better play below two. Um, but we'll stick to the the spreads in the show as we've done all year. Jim,
1: going with uh, UConn and and Miami over one forty nine and a half. Think that gets a little faster than sixty eight. I was surprised it's only sixty eight possessions on Ken Palm. Miami loves to run. UConn will absolutely run if you are going to. And then efficiency, I think, is is very high, particularly on the UConn side. And Miami's offense is is going to be good enough to to score. I still think Gonzaga should have scored way more than 54. A lot of open looks missed there. Shot quality agrees. Whether that you know is Bible or not, I don't care. My eyes saw they had some open shots. I think Miami knocks down more of those. I think we get a track meet. So over
0: 149.5. Love it, fellas. Hey, thank you out there for joining us for our final four episode. We are back for a live podcast today at 1.30 on the Three Man Weave channel. Check that out. It's our 300th episode. So claps for us for making it through 300 episodes about killing each other. That's great. Jim, Matt, and I are Houston-bound. We'll be doing our national championship best bet show from Houston. Till then, hey, enjoy the NIT, I suppose, if you're into that sort of thing. I'm not. Go Conference USA. Go FAU. And we will see you from Houston this weekend. Cheers.